0: Jesus House, in pursuit of God, discovering purpose, maximizing potential, impacting lives. This message is being brought to you from Jesus House, London. God bless you. Father Almighty God, we gather tonight and we ask in the name of Jesus that you are kind. We ask that your kindness, your mercy, and your grace attend our way. We pray, Father Almighty God, that your Holy Spirit amplifies what you would like to say, makes it clear, makes it understandable, and gives us the gifts of brevity and simplicity as we look at your word. Holy Spirit, we ask that you tonight open the word of God for us. We really thank you for all that you have done and all that you will do. We glorify you, my Father. In Jesus's most holy name, amen and amen. Ladies and gentlemen, you're most welcome. And so remember, we started last week, just to give you a very brief recap, we started looking at how God brings the new in. It's great. It's a season for all of us, um, especially if you are worshiping in Jesus' house, Um, if you are wherever you are in the world, the Lord is doing pretty much the same thing all over the world. He's bringing in the new. And so we're going to look at that tonight. And we're looking at that in a variety of ways. And so that's what we're going to do tonight. And so last week, we looked at three things. And I'll just give you a very quick recap of what we looked at. We looked at three things. And we said that God will always precede the new with revelation. That means he will reveal himself to you primarily through his word, through his interaction with you um and that's what he will do before the new comes because god and we'll we'll go over that again today you'll see some of that today as we go through the second thing we looked at ladies and gentlemen if, if this is if you're just listening tuning in for the first time we looked at this that god the father god the son and god the holy spirit will all work together that means the father the son, that's Jesus Christ, all that he has won, all that he has achieved, and the Holy Spirit, all that he makes possible and brings into our lives that God, they will all work together to bring the new in. And we looked at the different things um, that that means. And so it will be great for you to listen to that. The last thing we looked at was that when God brings in the new, he will always work in tandem with a man. Now, what that means is God will tell us, this is what I want you to do, this is what I want you to become, this is who I want you to become, and there will always be a response from us, and so he will always work in tandem. God will ask us to do something when we respond, and then God will bring the rest in, and so those were the three things we looked at last week. Remember, Every time we gather, we say prayers and we say prayers for each other and we say prayers for the lives. And I just want to mention here that testimonies are absolutely wonderful. And so I've got one testimony and it's someone has, after a very, very long period of being unemployed, they've got two job offers in one day. And I'm really excited for you. We celebrate with you. And I'd like to pause and I'd like to say a prayer and I pray that God will cause one of those to be the opening of a brand new season in your life. And if you're believing God for a job or you're believing God for an offer of employment or for a breakthrough in that area, let's join our brother, who, our brother or sister who is um, who has that testimony. And we pray the same for you. We pray that God is kind to you. We celebrate God. Do not take it for granted when God does great things for you. Even if they may look small right now, they are the beginning of great things. And so I'm excited for you. So congratulations. Uh, I only have your initials here um, and congratulations. And I wish you the very, very best. And I pray that for everybody who's believing God for a miracle, whether you're listening to this by podcast or you're actually on the call tonight, then may God grant you the same miracle and may he cause your grace, his grace and his favor to attend your way. Amen. Absolutely wonderful. Please keep the testimonies coming in. We're very excited for all of you. Um, We are a family, and so here we go. And so today, ladies and gentlemen, let's dive into today's Bible study. The fourth thing we're looking at, and this is whenever God reveals the new to you, or he's bringing the new into the world, or he's taking you into a new season, please remember this, that God will always expect the response of belief. And so this is Point number four. If you're just so that you're so you can keep track, whenever God's bringing the new in, he will always expect the responsibly, And we're going to look at why that is the case. And we've got a couple of scriptures to look at, and they're a great deal of fun. Um, please turn in your Bibles, ladies and gentlemen. So, uh, first scripture tonight, we're looking at that point that whenever God brings the new in, when God presents the new to you he's going to expect the response of belief and so let's break that down so let's see where that shows up for the first time in the bible turning your bible please to the book of genesis chapter 2 genesis 2 and we're only going to read from verse 18 we're going to read from about 18 to 20 just just to look at that process so we'll we spoke about it last week but it's a great place to start today um And so Genesis 2, verse 18, and I will put that in the chat for you. So that's Genesis 2, and we're looking at from verse 18, and we'll go on from there. I'm going to read the Bible. I'll I'll read it in the King James Version of the Bible first, and then I might read it again in the Bible in basic English. And the King James Version of the Bible says the following. And the Lord God said, it is not good that the man should be alone. I will make an help meet for him. This is brand new, a brand new process. I will make a help meet for him. And verse 19 and 20 are our focus. And the Bible says, and out of the ground, the Lord formed every beast of the field and every fowl of the air and brought them unto Adam to see what he would call them and whatsoever adam called every living creature that was the name thereof and adam gave names to all cattle and to the fowl of the air and to every beast of the field but for adam there was not found and helped meet for him so we realize that's what they were going through the process so let me pause there so let's look at verse so verse 19 is key that means every time god um amen i've got oh wow i've got a few testimonies coming in and i will celebrate with you um somebody else has the same testimony that god has not forsaken you amen it's absolutely wonderful please keep them coming in we we are we celebrate god and there's something about giving thanks and giving testimony so well done what we look at in genesis 2 verse 19 the lord creates new things he brings them to the man and the role, the key element there is the Bible says, and God brought them unto Adam to see what he would call them. Now, this is one of the beauties of translation. When we read that in the English language, we read that in the English language with a view of God brought it to the man to see what he will call them. as if, let me just check what you will call them, And if you're right, I'll agree with you. And there's an element of that that is true. But one, the Bible says, the, God brought them to the man to see. What he did was he wanted the man to determine from his relationship with him what God had in mind, and then the man would speak that into place. Now, remember, why am I saying this? The only when that situation stood in front of the man let's say it was a cheetah, we spoke about that, I think last week, or it was whatever God wanted to create. Remember, the man had never seen it before. So he then would articulate what God had in mind concerning that particular creation, creature, to use that word. The Bible then records whatsoever Adam called that particular thing, That was the name thereof. Now, what I want you to realize is that is faith in action. That means the only thing that Adam had to go on based on what was in front of him was what God had in mind. And he said it, irrespective of what had gone on before. And so ladies and gentlemen, I want you to remember as you spend time with God, God will reveal to you this is what's on my heart. This is what the new looks like. And it will be, remember, it's personal. It's going to be, this is what the new looks like for you. This is what your journey is. This is what I want you to do next. Remember, it is primarily a personal discovery. And so this is what the, so this is when we said that God will expect the response of faith. He will expect that when he shows you you're going to have to respond in faith and what and we're going to look at what that means tonight just to make sure that we can break it down and make it simple so when adam had to say what god saw he was literally speaking in what we call faith there was nothing in the world at that point in time that had any equivalent with what was in front of him but the man said he had to declare what god had in mind and it stood the very same is true of you and I. Now let's. I'm, what I'm going to do is I'm going to read from Genesis 2 and I'm going to read 2.20. And I'm actually going to read to 25. One, because it's a wonderful piece of scripture. Two, it proves a point that when God shows you something, he's going to expect you to respond in faith. And we're going to look at a couple of other examples, but let's Let's go with this one and this will lead us up to our declaration at 714 which is lovely genesis 2 verse 20 and, and i'm reading from the king james version of the bible and so let's um i'll go from 2021 20, and the bible says this and the lord god caused a deep sleep to fall upon adam and he slept and took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh thereof a lovely story and the bible says and the rib which the lord god had taken from man made he a woman and brought her unto the man. So pause for a moment. Notice, God already knew what he was creating before he brought that particular creation before the man. So we realize when we see Adam declare over a creation that this is what you are, this is what you are, this is what you are, are, you realize that that's not coming from Adam. That is coming from his relationship with God. And the Bible says, when Adam does that, it stands. Okay, just so we come to that. So um, I'll let's. I'll just keep going and read 23 to 25. The Bible says the following. And the Bible says, and the rib which the Lord, 22, and the rib which the Lord God had taken from man, made he a woman and brought her to the man. And Adam said, This is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. Then the Bible goes on and institutes marriage, which is absolutely wonderful. And the Bible says, therefore shall a man leave his father and his mother and shall cleave unto his wife and they shall be one flesh. And they were both naked and the man and his wife were not ashamed. Now, what we begin to realize, ladies and gentlemen, notice in verse 23, Adam articulates what was on the heart of God. And we're gonna pause there for a moment and then we're gonna take our declaration, okay? The Bible, so let's take it together. O oh Lord, we are your people, called by your name. We humble ourselves and we pray. We seek your face. We turn from our wicked ways. Hear from heaven, Lord forgive our sins and heal our land in Jesus' name we pray amen and the second thing that now let's make our declaration we declare our land is healed in the name of Jesus and everybody said amen okay amen so that's absolutely wonderful so what so i want you to keep that in mind so let's go back to our discourse and it's this Adam declares what he obviously has picked up from God, and the Bible says whatever he speaks or calls, and that means he's speaking in complete faith, the Bible says it stands. Now, why why, why am I using this as an example, ladies and gentlemen? Because when God shows you the new, and it will be new, that means there will probably be no precedent for what God is laying on your heart. It's going to take us into brand new territory. Now, keep that in mind. When God lays the new on your heart, you will have to respond, ladies and gentlemen, in faith. That means, notice, how did Adam respond? He said, this is what's on God's mind. I'm going to say it with great confidence. And the Bible says God will then cause it to stand. In the very same way, when God lays on your heart, he shows you, he'll speak to you, he reveals to you his will and his plans. The expectation he has from you and I is that we acknowledge and say, you know what, God, I accept it. It resonates with me. And then I go on. And then we're going to look at that next I go on and act on it, and the Bible says that it will then stand. So let's look at some other scriptures to see whether that's true, To see just to back that up so we get that clear, so we realize on our journey, as we spend time with God, as we spend time praying, whether it be praying, fasting, whether it be in discussions, asking questions, whenever you get the opportunity to, please remember, when it's presented to you, the response God expects is belief. And so let's have a look at another example, and let's see where it is. So, um, let me come with me, please. And these are, um, I, I use the phrase "popular scriptures." So this is what what I want you to. to I want to explain to you why um, we need to respond in faith. Turning your Bibles, please, to Isaiah fifty-five, and we're going to read from eight, and we're going to read to the end, and I'm going to read from the Bible in basic English Isaiah 55 and I'm going to read from verse 8 and I'm going to read from I'm going to change the version so I I can read it in the King James version. but I'm going to read in the Bible in basic English why does God want or why is there always a requirement of God us responding to God by faith this is the reason the Bible says the following the Lord speaking about himself through the prophet Isaiah says the following. For my thoughts are not your thoughts and, or your ways, my ways, says the Lord. That's Isaiah 58. I'm reading from the Bible in basic English. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. Then the Lord begins to give an analogy. He says... For as the rain comes down and the snow from heaven and does not go back again, but gives water to the earth and makes it fertile, giving seed to the planter and bread for food, verse 11, so will my word be, which goes out of my mouth. It will not come back to me with nothing done, but it will give effect to my purpose and do that for which I have sent it okay and then the bible goes on to verse 12 and 13 and I'll read those actually I'll read those now but I'm going to come back to verse 11 verse 12 and 13 of Isaiah 55 says the following for you will go out with joy and be guided in peace the mountains and the hills will make melody before you and all the trees of the field will make sounds of joy In the place of the thorn will come up the fir tree, and in the place of the blackberry, the myrtle, and it will be to the Lord for a name, for an eternal sign, which will not be cut off. So pause for a moment. That's Isaiah 55, 8 to verse 13. Now, I want you to realize something. God says, I want, he says, my thoughts are not your thoughts, and my ways are not your ways, but I want to transfer them to you. I want to make sure that they happen. Now, he uses an analogy of rain. Think about it. The earth, plants, flowers, they do not understand rain, but they always respond to rain. That means there's a predefined process that flowers, the earth, have built into them that when rain is introduced, that process kicks in. And the things that a flower cannot explain, the things that a butterfly cannot explain, the things that even the things that the earth could not explain begin to happen. Now, keep this in mind. That means when you spend time with God, he says, it's not for you to necessarily understand how I'm doing this. All you have to do is receive my word. When you receive my word, a predefined process that I, God, am in control of will kick in, and the result of that will be the faith necessary to begin a process that will bring my will to pass in your life. I'll go over that. That means it's not necessarily for you to work up your faith. No, It's that you receive the word of God. With it comes a predefined process. It's the Holy Spirit that then will convert the received word. When I say received, it means believed or accepted as true. Then he will kick in and that will produce the faith that kicks into the next step of the process and the rest will be miraculous. And so, ladies and gentlemen, notice the bridge is that God says, my word will be like water. Water comes to the earth, a predefined process kicks in, and then the earth brings forth a harvest and two things happen. Those in the earth are both fed and those in the earth that are cultivating get a harvest and then the resultant processes from those two things happen. And so, ladies and gentlemen, let's keep it simple. That means when God wants to reveal something beyond your understanding to you, he will introduce his word. He will introduce a picture. He will introduce, he will say something to you. Now, what does that mean? With that, with that picture, with that word, with that assurance, the law says, all you've got to do is accept it as true and the rest I will take care of. In that I will cause that word, to be converted in your heart to faith. The faith will then govern your words and actions. And notice the outcome of God's word in Isaiah 55, 12 to 13, is that the miraculous then follows on from that process. So ladies and gentlemen, I want you to realize, when we say that your response will have to be belief, remember... Take what God says to you as true. Just believe. it. And when you say believe it, you're believing it based upon one thing. You're believing it based upon the personality, character, ability of the person who said it. And that's God. So I want you to realize that all you need to do is believe it. Tr- the process for bringing it to pass, God is in absolute control of. And he will cause the word to be converted first to faith, then to words, then to actions. And so this is what I want you to realize. And so when we say that your response should be the belief, don't go into it with panic. Just accept from the Lord what he tells you. He will then kick it. The Holy Ghost will convert the word into faith in your heart and it will become a word a thought or an action and i'll give you we're going to look at a, lot, a a biblical example and then we will go on i think we will Depending, hopefully we've got that right but then we're going to look at so when we say faith when we say faith let's put that in context um you do realize that the, let's put that in context so when we say faith what do we mean faith ladies and gentlemen to put it simply is having the same confidence in God and his word that God has himself. Because God says, when my word comes out of my mouth, it is not going to fail me. Why? Because I know myself. And so when you take the word of God, and speak it over your situations. When you take the word of God, whether it be whatever the Lord lays on your heart for direction, for healing, for insight, for wisdom, for guidance, whatever it may be. And the Bible says, you then, like Adam in the first example, articulate it into your circumstances. Say it over your situations. speak it over your applications, speak it over your word, speak it over what God is doing in your life you will realize that the next thing will happen is God will cause to happen what God has in mind. And so ladies and gentlemen, what I want you to realize is that's what faith is. Faith is simply having the same confidence in God's word as God has in his word, the same confidence. So when I say with that same confidence that, you know what, I can speak God's word with confidence because I know that you, O oh Lord, are true, and we go for it. And the Bible says the miracles that happen on the end of that. So let's look at one example, um, and then we'll move on. One example, that there are lots, there are loads of wonderful examples of that. But let's look at one, and this is, this is one that I like because it helps make another point. Genesis chapter 15, and I'm going to read from verses 1 to 6 i will read from the bible in basic english and this drives home the point and then we'll we'll move on again ladies and gentlemen if you have any questions please pop them into the chat and towards the end of the bible study we will hand we will handle them also what i also want you to realize is if we can't deal with it today we'll deal with it next week so please feel free to send your questions in uh genesis 15 and we're going from verse 1 and i'm going to read the bible so let's let's go on the bible says after these things, so Genesis 15, verse one, and I'm reading the Bible in basic English. The Bible says, After these things, the word of the Lord came to Abraham in a vision, saying, Have no fear, Abraham. I will keep you safe, and great will be your reward. And Abraham said, What will you give me? For I have no child, and this Eliezer of Damascus will have all my wealth after me. And Abraham said, you have given me no child and a servant in my house will get the heritage. Then said the Lord, this man will not get the heritage, but a son of your body will have your property after you. And he took him out into the open air and said to him, let your eyes be lifted to heaven and see if the stars may be numbered. Even so will your sea be and verse genesis 15 verse 6 says the following and he had faith in the lord and it was put to his account as righteousness that why is that reading lovely think about it god comes to Abraham and says you know what i to, to he says i will keep you safe and out and great will be your reward abram then responds and he says lord i accept that but I'm childless so no matter how rich you make me or no matter how blessed you you how much you bless me I'm not going to give it to anybody I'm I'm, I have no children my steward which is the word used for the this gentleman of of Syria will inherit my wealth according to the law at that time or according to custom. and the law said no he said the person who's going to inherit your wealth is your child. Now remember, Abraham had Abraham had been childless for a while. And the Lord said, No, it's not going to happen like that. It's going to be different. Abram said, See that, look around you, look around me. And then the Lord said, I'm going to help you. And he said to Abram, Come outside. And this is what I want you to realize. Notice. God enables Abraham to have faith in what he has just told him. What does he do? He says, let me help you. Come outside, Abraham. Now let me set before you a picture. And he said, look up to the stars. And Abraham looks up and he said, if you can count the stars, then you'll be able to count your children. And the Bible says, Abram has faith in the Lord, meaning he believes what God says the same way God believes it. He believes the Lord. He says that, you know what? I count you trustworthy based upon what I know of you, based upon what you have said. I believe you. That means I not only believe what you just said, but I believe everything you said. And the Bible said it it was counted unto him for righteousness or right standing. Ladies and gentlemen, notice God helps Abraham. He becomes Abraham. Abraham to believe what he says so he can receive what is being offered. So pause for a moment. I want you to please take this home. Hang on to this. God will help you to believe him, how the word he speaks to you will bring the enablement or the ability for you to believe and accept what God is saying is true. This is the the last thing I want to say here, and that will wrap up what we're talking about, just so you know that it's, listen, you may be reaching for something brand new, but God is Because God's showing you, you're not at a disadvantage. You're at a very great advantage. Let's keep this in mind. God will help you believe him. The word you receive. And notice, Abraham receives a vision that speaks to him. You may receive a word. You might be watching a film. You might be going on your walk. You might have an assurance in your heart. What are we talking about? That assurance, God will make sure becomes all that is necessary so that God can bring into your life what he has planned for you. And so ladies and gentlemen, remember that. Please keep in mind that God will help you. And so we realize that's what faith is. So what did Abraham do? He said, you know what, God? I believe you. I accept what you're saying as true. I may not have evidence, but I trust you. The Bible says Abraham had faith in the lord and the bible said god said that's what we're looking for this is recounted again in the new testament when jesus speaks about it in mark 11 22 to 24 pretty much exactly the same thing jesus says have the faith in god and then let that become the foundation of your words and so we're going to close this point with that scripture and then we'll move on to the next one and so please turn in your bibles ladies and gentlemen to mark chapter 11 and we're going to start at verse 22 we will stop at verse 24 and then we'll go on from there so mark 11 22 and we're going to go on to 24 so what i want you to remember please hear me notice god helped abraham to believe God will help you to believe. So when the word comes, the ability to believe will come with it. Okay, so hang in there. So let's have a look at what Jesus said, and then we'll move on. And Jesus answering said to them, I'm reading from verse 22, have God's faith. And the Bible says the following: truly, I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be taken up and be put into the sea and has no doubt in his heart but has faith that what he says will come about, he will have his desire. For this reason, I say to you, whatever you make a request for in prayer, have faith that it has been given to you and you will have it. Pause for a moment. Jesus said, have the same kind of faith that is in God. Where does faith come from? When God's word comes into your heart, the process kicks in the holy ghost will convert that word into the faith necessary so people many many times people ask that so how do i get rid of doubt how do i know that i'm i'm not going to doubt god take his word into your heart why because the word in your heart drives the doubt out the ability to believe comes from the god who spoke to you many we're not trying to work it out notice the earth does not work out anything flowers don't work out anything seeds in the ground don't work out anything they have been pre-programmed to respond to certain stimuli and the stimuli drives the process ladies and gentlemen you and i have been programmed to respond to the stimuli or the stimulus of the word of God. And the results will be that it will become faith. The faith will become words and the words will then become actions. So the new should not be as terrifying as many of us are faith. And it's scary sometimes, it is. Hearing me well, it's scary. But remember the God who's leading you has control over this process. I want to make this clear. Remember, if the earth and the plants have been pre-programmed to respond to the stimuli of rain, water, sunlight, things like that, then ladies and gentlemen, you and I have been programmed to respond to the stimuli or the arrival of God's word. How do I know that? Romans 10, reading from verse 10, the Bible says, for with the heart man believes, unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation that means when the word of God arrives in your heart there is a predefined process governed by the Holy Spirit that was put in you from creation and it is the ability to believe this is really amazing hold on to that hold on to that fact We have been pre-programmed to respond to the stimuli of God's word arriving in our heart, okay? And so when God's bringing the new in, he will always expect the response of faith. But the beautiful thing is he has literally equipped us to respond that way so it's effectively... Heads or tails, you win. He has. <laughs> I can't say he's loaded the dice, but it's. Please understand, you've been set up to win, not you've set up to succeed, not to fail. Okay, so please. I hope that gives you a little bit more assurance as we go on. So let's go on from there, and let's look at point number five, which is great because it flows on for what we just said. Um, Let's go on to point number five. And point number five is as follows. When God brings the new in, and when he's presenting the new to you, he will always work through the medium of obedience. Ladies and gentlemen, please keep this in mind. Now, when God brings, is bringing the new into the world, he will always work through the medium of obedience. Yes? Remember that. Always. He will always do so. And so notice, how do I know that you have faith? It's very simple. Faith is always evidenced by you taking an action. Faith is always evidenced by you taking an action. Um, It's something you've got to keep in mind. And so let's just have a look at it. There's a reason for this. And so let's look at, um, we'll, we'll stick with Abraham, but we're going to look at Abraham further along in his journey. All right, we're going to look at it's a great story. Um, this is one of the beautiful things about the Bible. So I'm going to go to Genesis 22. I would love to read the whole thing. I'm not sure I can read fast enough. So I'm going to. I'll tell you that the, the Lord asks Abraham. Um, actually, I'll read. It will take us a couple of minutes, but it will be it will be so well worth it. Genesis 22. And I'm going to read from verse one. This is where we'll go. So please turn in your Bibles. The Bible says the following. Now, after these things, God put Abraham to the test. And he said to Abraham, and he said, and he said to him, Abraham calls you by name. And he said to him, here I here am. I. And he said to him, take your son, your dearly beloved only son, Isaac, and go to the land of Moriah and give him as a burnt offering on one of the mountains, which I will give you knowledge of, of which I will give you knowledge. And Abraham got up early in the morning and made ready his ass and took with him two of his young men and Isaac, his son. And after after the wood for the burnt offering had been cut, he went on his way to the place of which God had given him word. And on the third day, Abraham, lifting up his eyes, saw the place a long way off. And he said to his young men, keep here with the ass. I and the boy Will go on and give worship and come back to you again. Pause for a moment. Notice Abraham says to the young man, I would love to spend time here and just explode, but, but it's not tonight's point. Notice he says to the people with him, I and my son are going over there. We're going to worship God and we will come back to you. But what was the instruction? The instruction was go and put your son, give that sacrifice your son to me but Abraham has such confidence in God that you know what your word is so strong irrespective of what happens I'm going to come back with my boy how I'm going to do it I don't know but I'm going to come back with my son and it's a wonderful piece of this is what faith looks like Abraham declares the outcome long before it happens and so that's a different story but it's a beautiful piece of writing but notice what he says he said I and the Lord will go I and the the lad will go over there and we will worship and we will come back to you again. Let's keep reading. And so let's see what it looks like. Let's see how the story plays out. And Abraham put the wood for the burned offering on his son's back and he himself took the fire and the knife in his hand and the two of them went on together. Then Isaac said to Abraham, my father, and he said, here am I, my son. And he said, we have wood and fire here, but where is the lamb for the burned offering? And Abraham said, God himself will give the lamb for the burnt offering. So they went on together. That, ladies and gentlemen, actually was prophetically speaking about Jesus Christ's provision. We will come to that maybe on another day, but let's just, this is why the, the Bible is replete. I mean, every line can be wonderful. So let's go on. So let's go on from verse nine. And they came to the place of which God had given him knowledge. And Abraham made the altar and put the wood in place. And having made tight the bands round Isaac, his son, he put him on the wood on the altar. And stretching out his hand, Abraham took the knife to put his son to death. But the voice of the angel of the Lord came from heaven saying, Abraham, Abraham. And he said, here am I. And he said, let not your hand be stretched out against the boy to do anything to him. For now I am certain that the fear of God is in your heart because you have not kept back your son, kept back your son, your only son from me. And lifting up his eyes. And so notice the Lord said, okay, I'm good. We're good. I know you believe me. How does God know he believes me? He says, I know you have fear of me. I know you believe me for a very simple fact. You have Acted on what I have said. Keep that in mind, please, ladies and gentlemen. That means whenever God is going to bring the new into the world, He will always expect the medium of belief. He will always expect the medium of belief. But let's keep reading because there's a reason. Verse 13 and lifting up his eyes, Abraham saw a sheep fixed by its horns in the brushwood. And Abraham, Abraham took the sheep and made a burnt offering of it in place of his son the same way Jesus Christ died in our place and Abraham gave that place the name Yahweh Yireh or Jehovah Jireh as it is said to this day in the mountain the Lord is seen and the voice of the angel of the Lord came to Abraham a second time from heaven now this is why God will always always work through the medium of obedience this is why, and I'll explain. Verse 16, this is would have been my focus. So now we've all been caught up, now we know the story. The Bible says the following, saying, I have taken an oath by my name, says the Lord, because you have done this and not kept back from me your dearly loved son, that I will certainly give you my blessing." And your seed will be increased like the stars of heaven and the sand by the seaside. Your seed will take the land of those who are against them. And your seed will be a blessing to all the nations of the earth because you have done what I gave you orders to do. Verse 19, then Abraham went back to his young men and they went together to Beersheba and where abraham was living and i'm going to stop reading there let's go back to look at a couple of things why does god always insist on the medium of obedience notice what he says the bible says from verse 15 the voice of the angel of the lord came to abraham a second time from heaven and then he said I have taken an oath by my name, says the Lord. In the King James, it's more emphatic. It says, I have sworn by myself. That means if what I'm about to say does not come to pass, I no longer exist. So based upon me, based upon, notice this is what faith is based on, God's ability, God's person, God's resources, God's faithfulness. He says, based upon me, this is what's going to happen. And then he says the following, he said, I will certainly, because you have done this and have not kept yours, kept back from me, your dearly loved son, verse 17 says that I will certainly give you my blessing and your seed will be increased like the stars of the heaven and the sand by the seaside. Your seed will take the land of those Who are against them, and your seed will be a blessing to all the nations of the earth because you have done what I gave you orders to do. Pause for a moment. God says to Abraham, He said, I only that your family is going to be innumerable. You gave your only son to me, I am giving you back. I can't even equate in numbers what i am doing because i appreciate what you have done so he's not giving abraham so rather than saying well because you gave me one son i'm going to give you one son extra he says i'm going to reward you that means based upon my resources my ability and my reach i'm going to do something because of what it means to me in my heart and the bible says i'm going to give you a family that no one else in the world will have a family as large as yours. Please keep this in mind. Notice, does that not ring true what God said to Abraham in Genesis 15, verse five? He said, if you can count the stars, then you'll be able to count your children. Here, he says to him, because of what you have done, because of your act of obedience, I will make a reality what was impossible for anybody else. Hear me well, ladies and gentlemen. Why does God want the medium of obedience for you and I? Because he says, I can now reward you. That means I can give you not what you have earned, but what I feel, not even what you deserve, It's just that I want to do something for you at my level, based on my resources, based on my ability, because of what you've done. So ladies and gentlemen, please keep this in mind. I want you to think about this. When God is pointing you to the new, he's not pointing you downwards. He's pointing you upwards. He's saying, all I want you to do is obey my word. All I want you to do is respond in faith. I will determine the rest. And we realize that God rewards. That means he doesn't give you what you gave him. He gives you more than you can imagine. So when God wants you to obey him, remember his focus is reward. That means I will respond to you based upon my ability, my resources, My strength, my capabilities, who I am, my person. And I can respond to you in such a way that I cannot be questioned. Rewards don't have to be equal, they are determined by the giver. And so that means, ladies and gentlemen, all you have to do is introduce obedience and God will do the rest. So please keep that in mind. And so whenever God wants to bring in the new, he will always get us to respond in obedience because it drives the process of reward. There are two examples that have come to my mind. The first one is in First Samuel chapter 1 and First Samuel chapter 2. In First Samuel chapter 1, Hannah, makes a promise to the Lord, keeps her word, and gives the Lord one son. If God wanted to be, quote unquote, fair, all he has to do is give one son back. It might be an amazing kid, but one son. Then the scales are balanced. But God is not looking to give you what you deserve. He's looking to reward you or bless you. What does he do? In 1 Samuel chapter two, the Bible says, if you count Hannah's children, she has five. God doesn't just give her an amazing kid who is Samuel, but he then says, because of what you've done, Eli says to Elkanah, may God bless you because through this woman, because of what you've done. Then the Lord gives Hannah five children and she's way out of season. He gives her five. By the time that blessing is given, Samuel is big enough to walk around the temple unaided, unprotected. So he's obviously in between five and 10. That means she's 10 years out of season and then five children come. Hear me well. When God decides to bless you, respond to your act of obedience, he will make the impossible possible. And so ladies and gentlemen, this is what I, I'm, I'm going to end it here tonight for a simple reason. I, I want to go I, I have another scripture in my heart but I'm going to pause for a moment. remember when God will when God's bringing the new into the world it will always be an act of obedience. why? because you will act on the faith and confidence that, that he's built into your heart but then God will reward you because the process of reward, Is more powerful than just the process of like recompense or salary. He is giving you based upon what he has in his heart and his resources. So pause for a moment. That means you might feel that God is asking you to start something new late. You might feel that, well, Lord, I'm out of season. Lord, I'm going into this thing at a disadvantage. It's later on in my journey. The Lord said, notice what he said, and this is is where we're going to end it. He says, the key is not your age, your ability, your circumstances. The key is as follows, ladies and gentlemen. He said, I will bless you. And when I bless you, I can make the impossible possible on your behalf. And so ladies and gentlemen, we've looked at two things. We've looked at number one, when God brings the new in, he will always expect us to respond to what he tells us in faith. Second, we realize that when God brings the new in, he will always, and please keep this in mind, he will always drive the process. He said, I will always expect, he will always work through the medium of obedience. Why? Because the medium of obedience drives the process of reward. God is free to make the impossible possible on your behalf. Okay? And so ladies and gentlemen, as we bring tonight to an end, as we begin to close it out, there was one more example, there, there are examples all over the Bible and I want you to realize that that's where I'll close out. There are two examples that came to my heart. So one of them was First Samuel, chapters one and two so you'll find that story the second one john chapter six reading from one to twelve is a story of the five loaves and two fishes notice the young man gives to jesus five loaves and two fishes because jesus wants to celebrate a public passover pretty much the last one before he goes to have a private one he goes, he has this is this is the, the last it's a public passover And Jesus wants to drive home the point of who he is and what he is. A young man gives him five loaves and two fishes to feed probably about 8,000 people. Jesus, I want you to realize he gives the five loaves and two fishes. Jesus, keep this in mind. He not only gives the young, he tells the young man, okay, go and sit with the crowd. The Bible says, They eat to the point that they can eat no more and there are sufficient leftovers requiring a cleanup. Meaning, he gave him not just what he gave back, but he gave him an abundance. Listen carefully. When you look at those two verses of scripture, this is where we'll close it out tonight. When God asks you to respond in obedience, it's for a simple reason, He wants to drive the process of reward. Rewards are never fair. They are based upon the giver. And so that's going to be my prayer for all all of us tonight. And I pray not only that in this season, and especially if you're listening by podcast, that God will cause your acts of faith to drive the process of obedience which in turn will drive the process of reward. I pray that God rewards you for your belief and trust in him as he points you, your desires, your hopes, and your aspirations. Pray for anyone who is believing God for healing. We do not take this season for granted and we pray that God heals you. And we pray as a family that God heals your loved ones. And we pray as a family God, the loved ones that you may not be able to get to right now, may God get there for you.